I never liked her tone of voice. Bless her. <laughs> Love her to bits, but I didn't like her tone of voice in emails to customers. And I also didn't think her spelling and grammar was up to scratch. Mm-hmm. And when I had this conversation and broached it with her, um, it was definitely seen as a personal attack from her daughter as opposed to a colleague trying to make the business better. Hey, Ashley. Hi. Hi. How's it going? I just felt like a bit of a zombie there. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and it's not even early, is it? Uh, no, it's not. So, busy day? Very busy, yeah. Busy week. Yeah, I've got a meeting today about a co-working space, so that could be quite exciting. Interesting. You're going to go back to a co-working space then? Yeah, this this one is more of a startup hub. Right. Um, so I'll know more details about it after today and we can talk about it because that could be quite exciting. Hopefully it inspires me a bit more being working alongside like-minded individuals who are also in the kind of tech field, if uh-huh. you can call insurance tech field. Oh, well, that kind of ties in with what we're going to talk about today then about... Oh my God, so it does. Mm-hmm. Didn't even think about that. So? So we're going to talk about the subject of working for friends and family or working with friends and family. Um, I've had both experiences. Yeah, I think they're quite different as well. The Working for someone and working with someone. I mean, we've talked already about... We, on our collaboration episode, one of the early episodes, we, we talked about yeah all the advantages and disadvantages of, of working with someone, which I think is a great idea, um, especially like with, with friends or other people in the, in the industry. It's a great, it's a great thing to collaborate with someone if you're both on equal terms in the project or you, you both have different skills, but you have equal ownership and you're putting the same amount of work in. Um, and then I think, you know, working with someone that you know is, is great, but well, does come with difficulties as well, but yeah, working for someone, uh, especially yeah, when it comes to friends and family, I mean, the golden rule is never work for, for friends or family. So yeah. how do you feel about that? Well, I think I'm going to disagree with you. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> on the whole working with friends. Um, I've had both experiences and I think that as well, just from talking with other people, uh, you kind of touched the surface there about how you said it's good if you've got, if you know, if you're on the same page and you have all of this, certain things agreed beforehand. But definitely think in our industry, skill swaps with friends are a really common thing because it gives you this accessible means to just start something. Mm-hmm. So if you're a designer, then you can easily team up with a developer friend. And instead of, you know, hiring somebody for potentially hundreds of or even thousands of pounds, you can, in exchange for their development work, simply split the profits. I know that I've kind of approached working on a web app before with this in mind. Um, And that seems like a great idea on the surface. It removes that financial barrier of starting something, whether it be building an app or starting a a business or whatever. But I think working with friends, um, because I kind of disagree with you here, but it's good because you have, I think you have quite an extensive experience of working with friends, whereas I don't, but I certainly don't think it's all it's cracked up to be. 
working with your friends or your family in that case can be difficult for a number of reasons. So there's potentially this power struggle of who's in charge, which is why it's important beforehand to decide what both of your roles are. But I do think that even if you both agree to splitting the work down the middle, you do this, I do that, 50% of the profits um, go to you, 50% of the profits go to me. I still think it's natural for one person to be in the driving seat simply because somebody is always going to have a more dominant personality and naturally assume responsibility. I also think that there's this really bloody line when I'd be quite intrigued to hear your experience of working with your friends in that regard. There's a bloody line between being a friend and being a colleague. So where does your personal life stop and your professional life begin? And also something that I've experienced because I've worked with family before is that criticism can be seen as a personal attack. So, for example, I worked with my mum on my last business. She was, I guess, kind of uh, did, did the accounts, did all the little odd jobs that I would delegate to her, pay invoices, email people, that kind of thing. And I never liked the way that she, I never liked her tone of voice. <laughs> Bless her. <laughs> Love her to bits, but I didn't like her tone of voice on emails to customers. And I also didn't think her spelling and grammar was up to scratch. Mm-hmm. And when I had this conversation and broached it with her, um, it was definitely seen as a personal attack from her daughter as opposed to a colleague trying to make the business better. Mm-hmm. So well, I, I think, mean, yeah, I mean, criticism's really, if you take, you know, design uh, as an example, when I'm designing apps, I mean, criticism of, of your work when it's, when it involves, you know, the client and, and, uh, other people in the, in the team. I mean, it's never, you, you learn as you grow as a designer, you learn that, that not to take things personally at all, but that's all part of a, a process of becoming a, a better designer and, and not be too attached to your work. And you have to take all feedback and criticism on board, but that's something you have to learn over a long period of time. If you're working with someone who's not primarily in that industry then yeah it can be you just saying something like yeah this this doesn't work we need to do something else can be seen as kind of yeah personal attack and they don't realize that it's that it's simply a you know it's business not personal yeah well these are the these are definitely the reasons that i think working with friends or family is difficult um, you've worked on an app called Gessy with quite a few of your good friends, I think. So did you experience any of those problems or was it quite a smooth experience? Well, I mean, I didn't do too much this time. We did a first version of Gessy a couple of uh, years ago um, and there was a new one. So most of the other guys did the work this time around. I, I didn't do much. I did uh, a little bit, but um yeah, I've had mixed experiences in the past of working. Uh, so it's, if we take, yeah, working with friends as opposed to working for friends. So working with friends, I've had mixed experiences with the, sometimes it's it's like I have a great relationship with the developer I work with for the, the kids apps. And we're both clearly have our roles within the, yeah, company of, of WeTaps the but we're not afraid to definitely not afraid to give criticism to each other and 
uh, we work really well together and uh, I, you know, I do the design and UX stuff and he does the development, but we overlap quite a bit and we, you know, push each other to do better. Like he will, you know, give his feedback on design elements and I'll be uh, pushing him to find solutions for, for certain UX um, patterns. And that's just an example of how it's gone right. And we've just had a, we've just had a good working relationship and could turn around work really fast. And we both had a passion for the, the actual project, which I think is a major, uh, majorly important point as well. But I've also had experiences in the past of working with friends where, yeah, there were the, I'd say probably the, like if the passion for the project kind of dies and it just kind of uh, fades away and then you feel like you're the only one doing anything about it. Or um, if, yeah, if you kind of lose passion for it yourself, it's kind of difficult. You feel obliged to keep working on it when you, you don't want to. And it can become difficult when it's, uh, yeah, because those lines are really blurred between friendship and business, it's, it can become quite difficult. I've had both types of experiences, but in general, yeah, working with friends, I've probably, I've had more good experiences than bad experiences. Whenever, you know, a few people get an idea to work on something as long as everybody's passionate about it and you have clear roles set out. I think it's, I think it's the best thing when you're collaborating with your friends working. Yeah. For friends is a, is a different beast it's uh whenever they're clearly the client and they're paying you or not paying you then it's it's you have a different that relationship is really those blurry lines make it really interesting how the project turns out because you're yeah they might be because they're friends of yours they might be afraid to to give proper feedback or you might be tempted to take things more personally when it's coming from them and vice versa. So have you worked for friends before? Like in your photography business, for example, have you been asked to do, yeah, shoot friends' weddings? Oh, yeah. I've shot friends' weddings. I think maybe um, a lot of photographers maybe get their foot in the door by, you know, doing their friends' weddings to begin with. So I've mm. done friends' weddings and I've also had a friend asked me to do a family member's wedding and expect it done for free. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of shooting my friend's weddings, I've actually never had any problems with that, but I have, we've talked about this in a past episode, I have given them a discount, which mm -hmm. I wouldn't do again because you're still doing just as much work, if not more, because you feel this is a friend, I really have to go above and beyond what's expected of me. Mm -hmm. But I haven't had any problems with that um everything went quite smoothly but yeah i have been approached to photograph friends weddings or rather their family members weddings and um i had a, a big fallout with a friend who i think uh, i think we fell out for about a year because they expected me to do it for free and i think if you and, and the interesting thing about that is that they don't work in a creative field so i think when you don't work in a creative field you don't know the level of work that goes into doing something like that. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, they, it, but something like photography, and if you're not in the creative industry and you know someone who's a photographer, it must seem pretty, because it's quite a passion, yeah, business, hobby kind of, it's in that sort of area that people can assume that, oh, you just love taking photos. So it's, it's 
you'll enjoy coming to the wedding and just taking the photos. That's kind of, you know, you're just enjoying it, but it really, you know, they don't see the the work that has to go into when you're going and touching up the photos and, and organizing everything and getting all your equipment there. And I mean, if you're going to, to shoot a friend's wedding, I mean, it's probably pretty hard to enjoy the actual wedding, right? Yeah. And I'm going to be doing this next weekend, actually. I'm photographing a friend's wedding, but I think because they both work in creative fields, they're both designers, they understand the level of hard work and attention to detail that goes into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I think it's quite insulting if you work for, or rather if a friend approaches you to work for them and expects you to do it for free just because you go out to the pub every now and again for a pint. I think that's really insulting. Has that happened to you? I mean, I've done work for free for friends before. Uh, and I think we touched on in the pricing episode, we touched about, you know, doing stuff for either for full price or for free. I've, I've done stuff for free in the past. I don't think I would do any more work like you for for a reduced price anymore. It would be you know, I, I'd let them know, okay, we'll do this for free, but it's, uh, it still takes this much time and would normally, uh, would normally cost something like this, but to be, I mean, I've also, now that I'm thinking of, I have worked for family before my brother runs, a uh, a GAA, the Gaelic athletic association. Um, he runs a, a like a, a news website for that and, and, does a podcast and it's all about um GAA sports and I did the the website for him for for that um gaascores.com did you judge him no 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 it was it was fine he was he was um he's sort of in the the industry or he does a lot of marketing stuff and and some social media things in his job and so he he's familiar with the industry um so i designed his you know website and logo and things like that but it was no it was fine because he was i said to him look i'm really familiar with a lot of this this stuff and while it may be tempting to put ads on your website for example that sort of thing i can advise him that look really you just want to keep things uh, really clear and simple for your readers and they want to just get to the news really fast and uh, all that, all that sort of stuff. Um, he took on board and, you know, took my advice whenever, whenever I gave it. So, I mean, that was, that was fine as well. And that was, uh, that I guess that's probably one of the few experiences of working for family. I wouldn't count all the IT support being the, <laughs> being the one in the, in the family who knows about computers yeah, so that's kind of full-time job as well, getting IT support calls uh, to why the printer isn't working, things like that. Oh, but yeah. um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really include that in you know working for a family. But yeah, so I've had a good experience working working for him as well. So although I would seriously consider um, any any project, I wouldn't take it on lightly. Like if someone asked me can you make me a website that would need to be, yeah, the rules or the roles would need to be really clearly established of, is it a paid project or not? Is it free? And, uh, who's, who's going to be making the decisions about certain things and is, is it going to take priority over my paid work or what's going to happen? You know? So I think as long as all that stuff is up front talked about, then, 
I would judge each case by, you know, individually. Yeah, that's what I've, I think that the best way to combat any difficulty of working alongside friends and family is communication is key before you even begin work. Like in terms of, I know you said that you don't really, ha you've never really had any problems with collaborating, but I know that a lot of people have done, and I'll get onto that in a minute because I had recently received an email from somebody who had a question surrounding that. But before you, when you start working on a project and you're doing this whole Skillshare thing, it can be really exciting and you want to dive into your project and open up your text editor or Photoshop or whatever and, and just jump in. But don't do that. There are so many things to talk about with the person, your friend that you're working with beforehand. Stuff like, I think when you do a kind of skill swap thing and, and work with somebody on something sometimes traction can slow down i know that's quite a common problem um you know you you kind of start with all of this momentum and you're both excited and then about a month in things practically grind to a halt if that happens mm -hmm. you need to be able to know that you can both approach one another and and talk about whether you're both still invested in the project. Is it something that you still want to do? Your mm -hmm. cards have to be on the table at all times. So if you find that somebody isn't really pulling their weight and committing to the project as much as you are, you know, maybe they're going through a busy time at work or a stressful time at home, but they've got to communicate that that's the case. You've just got to be upfront at all times about where you're at and how you feel about the project. Yeah. And everything formal has to be settled beforehand. Like you said, who, what are the rules and who owns what and stuff about payment, which I want to actually ask you a question um, a little bit later about the wee taps mm -hmm. in regards to that. And also what are the long-term plans? Decide these before you get into it. Is it because you're wanting to sell the project or do you want to grow it into a business or are you just wanting to make a bit of passive income? I think that if you sit down and go over all of the these things beforehand, then you'll have a good chance of, you'll still probably run into problems, but you'll have discussed how to handle them and it won't impact your friendship. Mm -hmm. But you, with WeTaps, you've, I've collaborated with friends, but I've never got to the point where I've actually, well, in terms of skill swapping, I mean, because I've collaborated with you on an app, right? Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We kind of talked about that and I think it was episode three collaboration. Mm -hmm. You've built this thing, we, we taps and, um, so we taps is the, yeah, I guess the, the, is the, the brand for, um, for a range of, of kids apps. Yeah. Yeah. And you're working on this with a friend, like you've just spoken about. So this is, uh, as opposed to just a kind of side project, um, this is actually, this is actually bringing in money. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you've got to that point with working on something with a friend where money has come into it, which I think always complicates things. Mm -hmm. um, have there been any problems in that respect or has it still, has, has it still been quite a smooth experience? It's been, yeah, it's been really smooth. It's been, it's a combination of, we got lucky that we, we worked really well together and things, uh, things panned out the way they did, but we also, you know, sat down before we even started making anything. We talked about all the stuff we would like to make. And even at that stage, we chatted about the potential brand and having a, a group of apps that shared a similar 
that lived in the same universe, like, you know, same characters and things like that and shared the same style. And, you know, we talked, even at the beginning, we talked kind of long-term about it. And I think that really helped them. It was clear that it was a 50-50 a thing and we would both be doing our own parts in the in the project and we both put in a lot of work uh, and a lot of hours into into each each app that we build so it's it's a mixture of yeah we got lucky that that we worked really well together but it's also we prepared quite a bit we didn't just start making the first app and then awkwardly down the line decide you know okay are we going to set up a you know a, a brand around this or are we going to you know, is it going to be this, this one off or the, from the very beginning, we discussed that we wanted to build uh, quite a few apps and have them live under this sort of brand. Because I think that's, that's one of the ways that apps succeed in the app store, especially around, around kids apps is the, having the, the brand around it and people, you know, buy one app and then they'll be uh, tempted to buy the next one in the series or, so that that was our goal from the from some of the very first first meetings but uh since then it's been really plain sailing so maybe we're just lucky that that it's been like that because i can imagine that there are lots of collaborations that that don't pan out so well i like mark zuckerberg from facebook <laughs> yeah um no but you did do things right you guys kind of had a bit of a project roadmap from before you even began. So yeah. I think that's how to do it. But recently I received an email from somebody who's been um, working on an app with friends in their spare time. So they've all got their full-time jobs and had this idea and wanted to bring it to fruition. And like I said in the beginning, instead of paying thousands of pounds for designers and whatnot, he just hooked up with his friends. But now they've gotten to... And this has happened to me too. Now they've gotten to say 50% of the way through the project and the other people are no longer pulling their weight. You know, they're not actually adding anything more to the project. It's mm -hmm. just kind of grinded to a halt. So that can be quite awkward because you don't want to risk your friendship by being angry about it. And it can mm -hmm. be quite a difficult subject to broach, but you also don't want to disband the project altogether. So what would your advice be to that person? What should they do? Well, I definitely would. If it's come to that point where some people are clearly not interested in the project anymore, I wouldn't go any further without addressing, okay, who owns what within this, uh, within this project. So if the, the people who are still interested are going to keep working on it or they, you know, bring someone else in to work on it with them. I mean, eventually down the line, if the product launches and becomes successful, do those original people that were working on it, do they still have rights to a certain percentage? So I think in that case, it's a good idea to have things written down or a contract set out of just who owns what and how is it split up. Even if it is a, you know, you hear all, all about these, uh, these big massive companies now where the, there are some original co-founders or people that worked with them at the very beginning are now wanting shares because it's worth millions and millions and, and there's disputes over ownership and everything. And this always comes out of people not having anything written down. And it was, it was, it started off as just a little app we were working on together, you know, be between friends. So I would, 
even at the early stage, the early stages and the, like where it is now, I wouldn't go any further without having, you know, something down on paper saying who owns what and what the plan is going forward. Are these people going to be no longer involved or uh, are you going to be able to take on somebody new to finish the development or just, you know, establish what, what exactly is going on because down the line it'll just cause problems. Mm, I bet that's something not a lot of people think about when they're getting, it's something that I didn't think about getting involved with pals on like, you know, bringing your wee ideas to life and mm-hmm. didn't even consider getting a, pro- a contract in place, which completely makes sense, of course. Yeah. If I'm um, ever working for, even for friends or, or, you know, people I know within the industry and know quite well, I still always uh, have a contract between us. It doesn't matter, you know, if I've known them for a long, long time, it, it it's not so much, yeah, having a contract, it's not so much about uh, something I can take them to court with when it all goes wrong. I mean, it's more about just clearly saying, this is what I'm going to do in the project and uh, here's your role in the project and roughly how long it's going to take and how much. Having it all written down and having a contract in place, even if it's for friends, it just establishes everything out in the open of what everybody's ideas on the project are. And then there can't be any disputes about, oh, well, I thought you were going to take care of the the marketing for this as well because you were designing it. Or, I mean, it's it just means there's nothing... Uh, vague and floating in the air. So even if it's with close friends, I always still have a contract because it just sets things out really clearly. Mm, that's a good idea. Good advice there, Paddy. Um, but what about if you, let's use we taps as an example, you're working with a friend and imagine you kind of get to a point where you realise, and I know this hasn't happened for you at all, but actually you're not working too well together. You actually clash quite badly mm-hmm. what if you want a clean slate altogether what if you just want to say okay let's let's no longer work together because it isn't working out and it's uh-huh. potentially going to ruin our friendship how do you get out of that one is it again is it just all about having like how is it just all about communication but yeah definitely it's, it's most of the frustration in projects and and so many other things is from a lack of communication whenever the client thinks one thing and the designer thinks another thing and you both the topic hasn't been brought up until it explodes and people were thinking they were thinking one thing about uh how the the website was going to look and the designer was thinking another thing or they thought the client's going to handle this and the developer is going to handle this and everybody it's because of a lack of communication. That's why usually why things fall apart. So the same thing can happen in if you both are working on something and a party is no longer interested or you're, you think that the working relationship isn't good, but you're not saying anything about it. The it's best to just be upfront about it and say, okay, the, I don't want the, our friendship is more important than than this project, so I'd like to, you know, not work on it anymore, or we split it up, or or whatever the, depending on the project. But at least communicate it and definitely have it have it written down. I mean, what's going to happen because you don't want to you don't want to stop working together, and then one of the party uh, keeps working on the app in their own time and then launches it, and then you get a situation where, yeah one one person isn't isn't getting the 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 profits from it and then that 
that can really then damage your your friendship so it's just being upfront about it from even from the start of a project like even at the brainstorming kind of stage i know it's the exciting part and you're you're really getting into the project and and you're just throwing ideas around and you're mocking stuff up quickly but it's always worth taking uh you know taking a half an hour to just discuss okay this is how i see it long term and this is these are the things which are my responsibility in the in the project on the long term and these are things i think are your uh your responsibility and just discuss that uh up front like as soon as possible even if it is you know just a a friends a kind of fun time project because you never know what it'll turn into like most of the most of the stuff the the apps that are worth millions now are because of uh you know two guys just putting something together in their garage you know yeah well you see i've had i've had um an okay experience working for friends even though i have at times like i said earlier been expected to do it for free generally i find working for friends is okay they just give you money and they know that they expect you to take their wedding photos it's kind mm -hmm. of straightforward but i've had um not bad experience working with friends but i have worked on with friends on projects that have never come to fruition because of well so many factors but looking back at that now there are certainly things that i would do differently even after just speaking through this episode first of all i'd actually get a contract in place mm -hmm. to, to to specify everything and formalize it i would definitely communicate better i would set specific goals and have a, a product roadmap to work to because the big problem that we had was um momentum like i said earlier that just kind of when, when one person slows down, that kind of rubs off another person, doesn't it? And mm -hmm. then kind of grinds to a halt. Yeah, and there's um, nothing to dampen enthusiasm than feeling like you're the one, the only one working on it and the other person isn't doing much. And then so you kind of take a step back and then that just has a knock-on effect. And then then you find that you've done, you've gone a week without doing anything and then a month and then it's that project that just never got built. Yeah, so there, I would like to try doing it again. I feel like you've had really good experiences with it. And um, if I if I do those things differently, perhaps I have a bit of a chance. Um, but would you say that working with friends and family or working for friends and family, do you think that the, the cons outweigh the pros ultimately? I think you have to, like anything, any difficult topic, you have to take it each one individually and you have to consider who the other person is and if they're a friend you probably know them quite well so you're you know how they would be and how the, what their motivation is like if you know that even if it's your best mate if you know that they give up on stuff after after a week or two i mean it's probably not a great idea to to work with them and if it's someone who if it's a yeah no matter if it's a mate of yours or not if you know that they're uh, they don't take criticism really well. How is that going to play out down the line when you want to give design feedback? Are you going to be walking on eggshells all the time? And is that going to really be a fun project then? So I think you have to consider, you know, who it is you're working with and what the project is as well and what you're going to, what your long-term goals are for it. Well, I think we can kind of wrap up there. Um, you've been listening to Working Out. That sounded really crap. Have they? <laughs> You sounded like you weren't sure of what they were listening to. Yeah, I'm going to do that a bit more confidently. 
You've been listening to Working Out and you can find us at workingoutpodcast.com and you can follow us on, on Twitter at Working Out Show. We'd love to hear your feedback and suggestions and whatnot. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Do we, do we say bye? <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. Bye. Bye. Right, I'm going to stop. <laughs>